Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, have you found shade this day? I have. Have you, Adam? Yeah, I feel like I found enough to cover me tomorrow, too. Ah, that's a lot of shade. I feel like, is it is there a way to, like, just save the shade that you find? You're like, man, I have an excess of shade. Mm-hmm. Like, can I save it for tomorrow? I don't think you can. Okay. Oh, you, could that's be, disappointing. You, you could be screwed tomorrow. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make that dirty, but decided not to. <laughs> uh, well, not happy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, or unhappy, depending depending on how that goes. So, <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> did we get a spit take? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good. <laughs> I think I would learn by now that I should not drink when we interact. Uh, <laughs> I'm too funny. You're right. <laughs> I'm, it's more like I'm more too shocking. I'm, I'm just, I'm outrageous. <laughs> That's what it is. Mm. Jarring. Oh, man. It's not okay. But... <laughs> uh, you're just so happy you got that one on video. I know. Well, we had one <laughs> earlier today. You are you are spit take prone today. I am. What is wrong with me? All right. I need to like like stop being so inviting to this nonsense. All right, carry yeah. on. Yeah, all those death sticks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm alluding to the idea that maybe you want to go home and rethink your life is all. Hmm. That's kind wow. of sad. That was that was unduly mean of me. It was rude. I I apologize. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. we've, we've got a good long while now of, <laughs> of you spit taking. So let's. <laughs> what, what are we talking about today, Sarah? We're we're not starting like my favorite book in the Wheel of Time series or anything, right? Uh, no, we're not starting book four at all. Okay, very well. Goodbye. Oh, sad, 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 sad. We're starting. We're starting the Shadow Rising. Heck yeah! I I keep wanting to call it the Rising Shadow, and I know that's wrong. Okay, I acknowledge that it's absolutely wrong. Yeah, I know. I don't know why, but I, I don't know. Anyway, 
carry on. So we're going to do the first 10 chapters of that. We started it. We read it. Let's, yeah. Yeah. And I have a tiny bit of show news. Two things of show news, really. Okay. So for spoilers for mm-hmm. people who aren't used to our stuff, um, all spoilers. So all, all the books leading up to this, this is book four. Um, mm-hmm. So everything leading up to this point in the books, book one, two, and three, that this doesn't include the um, the new spring or whatever it is, the the prequel oh, book, right? Um, a new spring, perhaps. And so it doesn't include that. It does include the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about all those things, and then I will probably at some point. I mean. I think that it's important to give like really super duper generalized like here and there spoilers not nothing nothing like specific to nothing specific to like I don't want to ruin specific facts or ideas but like things that are just generally you know like understood in this world or like will be revealed eventually that aren't big secrets I, I feel like I feel like that adds more to the context of things yeah right that's totally valid. I have like, I feel like I have things that I don't fully understand or have questions and like would have questions about. And if I had general, more general knowledge, it might help. Yeah. I think if it's something that I wasn't meant to understand, that would, then I think you would know not to tell me if I were to ask a question. I think so. Well, but, yeah, exactly. I don't want to I don't want to ruin the story. I, th- I think that there is this world is so big and everything. One thing I was thinking of is may- maybe we should maybe I should we should actually clarify to people like our gen our level of knowledge of these books, right? Just in general, because we we haven't said that for a long time. We haven't, you know. I feel like people would they're like, why why does Adam like just talk about random crap about this series? And- <laughs> And Sarah's like, you know, you, you say like less not. about about what happens in book five or whatever, you know. Right, right. So, <clears throat> okay. So, how many times, have, including this, how many times would you say you've read the books? Uh, so, it's not an exact number because there's times that I've only read book four, or ah. there's times that I've read up to book four, or there's times that I read book four and then decided to just continue from book four. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost always book four is like the catalyst. That one or book eleven are the those are the two that that I'll start on or like have the goal of getting to. And so uh, otherwise, I, I think I think it, it's safe to say I've read all of the books four times. Okay. And I'd say book four. I bet I've read it ten times. Oh wow. I would be surprised if it was any less than that. Like it'd have to be like nine. I'm I'm sure that it's close to ten. Right. Okay. What about you? I have read books one, two, and three once. <laughs> I've read nothing else. I know nothing. John Snow. Um, you are just John Snow. I'm John Snow. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going in blind. Which is why, like, I think that there are things that I would appreciate a broader knowledge on. And there are things that I think that make sense that I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes sense. So, you know, it's fun to have the new, newer reader and see, hear, hear what you have to say about it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I can fill in with the, 
the you know the the bigger the broader picture of things every once in a while right yeah all right uh, not to mention the non-canadian uh perspective is also really important to have so i can provide that right very super important right I feel like you want me to say something about stick handling and I'm not doing it this time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So do you want to get into a little bit of the show news before we start the book? Yeah. What, what do you got for us, Sarah? Cool. <clears throat> um, so two casting confirmations, if you would call them that. I guess, yeah, they're, they're confirmed. They're on their, they're on their CVs. So they did cast Bale Doman. Nice. Um, and he is going to be played by Ju- Julian Lewis Jones. I don't think I've heard of the stuff that he's in. I've just never actually like watched any of it. Um, um, and then better than me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I, I the Harry Potter nerd in me loves this. So Katie Lung is going to be cast as Yasika. I have no idea who Yasika. That's not is. a character. It's not a character. Well, she's cast. She's that's who she's playing. Oh, didn't we talk about this last time? Actually, you said that there was a character called some nonsense name, and it the, like, could have been a code word or something. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's what this is. So, uh, she played uh, for reference. She played Cho Chang in Harry Potter. Um, oh. Yeah, I know yeah. you care. You care deeply. Uh, I thought I like Cho Chang better than than weasley so what is wrong with you <laughs> i don't know i probably actually you know what i i don't actually remember why i liked I, I bet that it's because i thought she was more attractive like the actress was more attractive i i bet that's what it is oh man okay but, no no one likes cho more than i'm assuming you're talking about Ginny we- weasley yeah yeah no man all right we uh, won't get into this. This is a hey, whole other discussion. You know what? If we ever choose to read Harry Potter on this podcast, you, right. you can school me. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah. So those are the two. Those are the two I got for you. Two more castings. I don't know who Yaska is. Maybe it's a code name. I keep wanting to make a joke about instead of yes, like no, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> none of the plays on words that i'm trying uh, for are gonna work so instead let's let's move on to the book perhaps yeah so again remind <laughs> yes yeah yes yes jessica <laughs> first 10 chapters of the shadow rising so no okay. prologue so the, enjoy it while you while it lasts because i think next book is the beginning mm-hmm. of the like 100 page prologues Oh, really? Like, we, we may need an entire episode based off of just the prologue kind of thing. Like, it's... It, so it's it's not always this, but a lot of times what will happen is, like, Robert Jordan likes to <clears throat> expand the, our view of what's happening in the world. And so he'll give us, in the prologue, he'll give us, you know three or four pages on what's going on with the white cloaks three or four pages of what's going on with some black aja group right uh you know some group of Aes Sedai some group of you know this that and the other and so 
so that that's what that's what to expect with prologues and like they're not all 100 pages but some of them literally are like 100 pages or oh, wow. so I, I think if i remember correctly so we'll have to actually gauge that when we're starting the next book because some of them are gonna it's gonna be like well it takes like three hours to listen to maybe we don't go 10 chapters right um, right yeah for sure okay well that's good to know but no prologue go. this time yeah it's like the calm before the storm mm -hmm. it's like the rising shadow <laughs> it is what it's like mm -hmm. the shadow is rising uh-huh uh-huh uh, but these first two chapters were long like they oh were, they were they, they were, were like they, there's a lot going on in here um okay so chapter one is seeds of shadow it's a lot of that's what she said stuff going on there too oh dear oh man oh man uh Oh, so this is from Min's point of view, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Don't you mean Elmendretta? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. So she is, her full name is Elmendretta, but she's she's headed to the White Tower. She's getting there. Which, that name is Elmendreadful. Oh man, it's so bad. It's so, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll get it into it in one, in one second when she mentions it, but. Anyway, so yeah. she's going there because she's she's got to go see the Amaral and see because that's where Moraine sent her. Um, and she, she she gets to the White Tower and she tells the there's an accepted there and she's like, yeah, I need to I need to speak with Amaral and see. And this this accepted is kind of like, well, you know, she's really busy. She doesn't necessarily she's not prob probably not going to have time for you. It's mm -hmm. kind of haughty how she says it, but oh well, this is the this is the one that we're supposed to really dislike. Okay. This is, well, I forget I did, if it's failing or, yeah, I think it's failing. I think it's failing if I remember correct. Um, but yeah, I did not like her. I was like, you're kind of got a little chip on your shoulder there, lady. Right. Uh, like she's, she's clearly being typecast to be a red sister, mm, you mm. know, like. Did not, did not enjoy. Um, but she does say, you know, like, Min's like, well, I know my my rights and that, you know, I, I can ask to see her and all this stuff and tell her that Elmandretta is here because that's, you know, her full name. I, for some reason, because obviously like I'm listening to the books, not actually physically reading them. Um, I, I envisioned it like Elmandretta as two, two names. Totally not important at all, but I envisioned it as Elman and Dreda. Dreda. <laughs> I just I like it. I don't know. It, it's a terrible name, Almondretta. Horrific. Almondreadful. Oh. It's terrible. Yuck. Anyway. Anyway, on that happy note. So so this this accepted ghost teller this. And Min's having all these viewings in the in the meantime. She's, you know, multiple I said I dying on the same day there's she's seen like bars in front of an accepted like they're in a cage she's just seeing all this kind of um stuff that are basically signaling like pretty gloomy stuff yeah exactly like there's gonna be some pretty awful stuff happening um what do you think it is uh, I don't know I don't know if I mean so she does like she does go see the Armalyn and is 
and the armalin is convinced that it's going to be the black aja that does this but i don't know if it is okay maybe i mean it's obviously somebody attacking the Aes Sedai and and like their warders because well for of course their warders too but and caging them which is interesting it is interesting. screams of of sean chan to me okay that's that's a good idea that's I mean, mine. obviously i can't give it away i just i'm curious to know yeah that's our i don't know okay. well i like i don't envision trollocs and dark friends and and Mardral putting them in cages sure i mean that oh. I, they they would for Aes Sedai just so they could turn them to the dark one. But. Maybe. But, I guess. But, I mean... I just envision them being associated with Carnage more versus... Sure. Versus, yeah, like... Like captivity. Oh, okay, you, okay, you surrendered. We'll, we'll give you quarter kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so she's... Uh, she sees these dreadful things. Yeah, she does. Uh, one of the things she sees, and I just want to mention it because I thought it was interesting, is that she 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 sees Shirium seashells like, by yeah, the seashore. by the seashore. Uh, <laughs> but she, oh man, I can't. <laughs> she sees Shirium selling seashells. Oh man! So Shirium is like all beaten and bruised, like in in one of these viewings, which I thought was interesting because. Sherim is still on my sketch list. Okay. I, I still don't trust her. Um, and I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily, just because she sees her here, that doesn't mean that she's good. It just means she's going to be injured. Right. Like, you would hope that if she's bad, that she'd get injured. Gosh, right. that sounds so brutal of me. That sounds real harsh. Gosh, I've, this this uh, podcast has been bringing out the worst in. Me. Oh man, oh awkward. Oh, shut up! Get all judgy. Okay, uh, oh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Um, mm, I see. Okay. You're gonna be judgy. Oh, this is why I tied it to the Sean Chan because as she's walking to the Armorlin seat, because then you know this accepted fairland comes back and is like oh she'll see you and is all surprised about this because you know chip on her shoulder gets knocked down a peg here um you know min continues to have these these viewings and she sees an i said i in like a silver bracelet or collar or something and it immediately made me think of the sean chan and the damani okay that makes sense uh, that was just where my brain immediately like went. All right, so there's things going on. Yeah, Seems there's things going happen. on. Anyway, and she runs into Gawain, and Gawain immediately recognizes her, and she's, which is, you know, surprising because she's trying to to be discreet and in a disguise. Um, and she, he's asking about Elaine and all this stuff, and then she finally gets to the Armorland seat and tells her about all of these viewings that she's had in the process and. That's when the Amarlon is like, oh, it's, it's going to be the Black Aja. It's not going to be the Shan Chan. It's not going to be, like, it's going to be the Black Aja that does this. And then convinces Min to stay there and kind of, like, seek refuge in the White Tower under her name, her full name, Almadretta. 
and that is some pretty dresses yeah yeah and oh man which she hates and it's great to hear how much she hates them i i find it very entertaining <laughs> it's just it's just very yeah. like i just like seeing this little bit of character it's really colorful yeah well she's gonna have to learn that it's important to be uncomfortable in life sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i i did laugh though when the ambulance was like yeah we'll just tell them that you you have all of these suitors and you can't make <laughs> up your mind and i was like you can do that <laughs> I know you see you seek refuge at the White Tower for stupid crap like that. Yeah, like that seems like a silly thing. So one thing I thought was interesting about this segment was any woman can petition to see the uh, the Amarillo seat. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can like essentially force your way into it if you right. want to. Right. If you want to say, hey, I'm gonna see the Amarillo. Like I, you know, sign me up. I'm going to see the Amarillo right now, like, or not, maybe not, not right now, but I have, I have a right to do that. Like that's actually written into their bylaws or what, whatever, you know, law they have. Mm-hmm. And, but it's only for women. That is interesting. So like you and I go to the white tower. Mm-hmm. I try to see the Amarillo and they laugh, laugh at me. You right. try to see the Amarillo. Maybe they laugh at you, but if you're insistent enough, then you eventually do get to see her. Whereas I just, probably get thrown out on my head right you get laughed off stage yeah or they just like whip me with cords of air right or something dramatic and awful but as as one does right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but I, I like one one of the things that this series really does highlight to some degree at least is like well i, I don't know like it seems like sometimes he doesn't want to have the discussion, but he still like, can't help himself. Like he talks about, he talks about men and women dynamics so much and, mm-hmm. you know, like women or, you know, Oh, those men, they do the, all these terrible things and men, all oh, those women, they do ter- terrible things. And, you know, they're, they're all exasperated with each other, but things like this, like a law that only lets one group in like to have access and then and then yeah. only women only women can ask for sanctuary as well like well not no men can and whereas i think that in general in society like women probably do have a higher rate of needing like kind of refuge mm-hmm. so to speak um that men absolutely there there are a lot of cir- circumstances where men need to have that as well so uh, you know this this inequality is just very interesting to me like the women hold all the power right and I don't, it's just interesting worth noting that's all it is it, and it's it's noticeable because it's opposite in a lot of um mm-hmm. cultures oh so. yeah yep opposite to what uh, a lot of what's going on in our modern day stuff yeah so, yeah, yeah exactly um Okay, so then we kind of switch point. Well, we do switch points of view when we're, we're with Elida, and she's just, you know, spying on the chamber here, listening in on everything that's going on. She knows it's Min and like saw through her disguise as well, which, you know, also makes me think that Min did not disguise herself very well <laughs> if she's got people recognizing her. Um, but Elida, so here is. She's just convinced that she needs to stop Rand from destroying Andor and she needs to stop Swan 
and she's just convinced that Swan and Moraine basically have, are are working up this ridiculous like conspiracy of sorts. Basically, she is convinced it's been going on since they were part of the accepted. Um, and it shows how perceptive she really is. Right, it does, but it also is just very like what's what's going on. And she's just so on this about stopping them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it kind of like makes me want to pay more attention. I didn't. Okay, I didn't like Elida from the very first introduction of her. Right, and I definitely don't like her now. Like now, I'm like, well, what are you doing? And like, this is all very interesting, but. Well, because we like the Amaralyn and anyone who opposes the Amaralyn, we're going to probably oppose ourselves, right? Right, which is which is fair. It's just all, I don't know. It's interesting. And then um, Alvirian Alviarin. Alviarin ends up seeing her and they decide to like go for a walk and Alida just kind of dumps her theory onto her and is like, this is what I think. And, you know, got to stop them um so yeah gains, right. gains a little bit of an ally here all right so just sus, sus list sus list is growing okay okay so candidates for the most sus here yeah for yeah. sure for sure candidates um okay yes and then we go we're going all over in chapter one when chapter one is massive so then so we're like, Mm-hmm. This is very similar to the prologues, by the way. Right. Okay. For the upcoming, upcoming. Yeah. Books. This this is chapter one, but mm-hmm. it is this is similar. Of just like okay, we see Min, who's you know so far she's been a pretty minor character. She's been a Min her character. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but then we see Elida, and mm-hmm. now now we're gonna see Dane Bornhold for mm-hmm. a few minutes. Yeah, literally, like he's just. Lean it, leading this these white cloaks into the two rivers um mm-hmm. because that's the orders he's been given um by the cap- high lord high lord captain commander high captain commander by the lord captain commander yeah yeah um and he's you know also kind of just stewing about his father's death because he's still angry about it yeah. which is i think understandable well and he uh, the, the information he's heard mm-hmm is unreliable but he trusts it anyways so he's just you know he hates Perrin yeah and he hates the Aes Sedai because he thinks that those two killed a killed his dad even though we know that that's false right exactly exactly and he's he's got a friend with him who's Did with you know? him I, I didn't I didn't realize who's with him oh Pat and Fane oh or he calls him Ordith. Hmm. You can't believe I missed that. Yeah, it's it's Pat and Fane because so so in in book three, Ordith is hanging out with uh with the Lord Captain Commander with Pedro Nile. Yeah. And advising him, and then he goes with. Mm. So so now he's going with with Dane Bornhold, and that's that's how, like. He's taught. He talks under his breath about how he's going to flay this. You know, like do all these awful things to to the two rivers. Yeah, yeah. That's so. And, and he murders three uh, tinkers mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's it's uh, 
that's a very important point if you missed it. Uh, yeah, you absolutely need to realize <clears throat> Pat and Fane is in the two rivers. Yikes, that's not good. Is that in a little army? No, not not good. Um, and then good for we us. Do, it's good good for us for entertainment, not good for them. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, and then finally in chapter one, we go to Suroth, which we have not seen for a while. Um, and and you know, she's taking the Shan Chan to Kantoran, I believe. Okay. And they also are focusing on on Rand and the dragon and needing to stop him. And there is a um, a Damani there, Pura, who used to be an Aes Sedai, and, and Strauss kind of questioning her on what she knows about the Dragon Reborn and how the White Tower would interact and what the White Tower would want from him and all this stuff. And she's just like, I don't know anything. And Kind what do you keeps, want from me? Yeah. yeah, like keeps going over this. And also, and this is just really awful. It's basically just, you know, essentially begging for them not to punish her for not knowing. Um, yeah, she's worse than a slave. Right. Really. Right. And then... It's horrific. Yeah, and she's like, she, she, she doesn't have any info, which Sarah doesn't believe. She's like, well, she could probably... You know, she, oh, she doesn't... She doesn't care either. Yeah. It's well, like, well I, we'll just keep asking her until we just, you know. I think she says something along. Uh, I should have. I should have made a note, but she says something along the lines about I said I not being able to lie, but kind of yep. being able to lie, and she just doesn't believe that. Well, she knows that they can kind of make the truth stand on end. Right. You know, you can you can say a thing and obfuscate the truth, but uh, she did like she. They couldn't, she couldn't force them to say something like something that was black was white. Like they couldn't say that out, like after, after hours of torture and whatever, like mm -hmm. they, they still couldn't do it, mm -hmm. which, you know, but, but yeah, she's, she's just, I mean, I'd be suspicious too. Like not, not that I think that her methods are good or whatever, but right. I mean, I'd be like, well, I don't, what if you don't, you don't know all the rules here like mm -hmm. okay so they can't tell a lie about black and white but does that apply to every single thing like could they could they tell a lie about like green versus blue right you know like you can't test everything and so and what if it matters to you more like what if there's some kind of chemical you know thing in your brain that allows you to lie about things that are really important like mm -hmm. i would just i'd be like well maybe and maybe they have built in fail safes of like okay i can't lie about simple things so then that that kind of helps people think that you can't lie about bigger like i would just suspect like you know why why should i believe why should i believe that you're telling the absolute truth right here like there's, is, she has no reason to actually believe that right which is which is fair um yeah but but she's focusing on you know needing to deal with rand and yeah. all that which so you've got you now have Elida and the Shan Shan are like, we got to deal with Rand. Oh man, I guess so messy. You'll see. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Um, okay. So chapter two. Wow. We've spent a long time talking about one. Okay. I know two. two. All right. So also the same idea whirlpools in the pattern. So where we're hopping around, um, 
points of view here, but we're basically with Perry, Matt, and Ran. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been about two weeks since since the stone, that whole scenario with with Rand yep. declaring himself the dragon, etc. Um, and Perrin is basically, or Fael is trying to convince Perrin to leave and to leave Tier with her, and he won't because he's like, well, I'm Tavira and I'm tied to Rand and I gotta stay with Rand and all this. Um, and during this whole interaction, his axe out of nowhere, so they hear a rooster crow, and then his axe flies towards them basically tries to to kill them and attack them out of nowhere um and he is fighting it off with his hammer and you know trying to hold it back from them manages to push fail out of the way um out of the room and kind of get out as well and then but he notices that like the axe when it drops to the floor was you know inches away from from her and he makes the connection that maybe that this has to do with Rand and he somehow unintentionally did this, um, which is interesting. This was a really hard part to read, by the way, and listen to. Why is that? I don't know. I just felt, it almost felt like Perrin was being betrayed. Okay. Because it's his, it's his axe. It just felt... And I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, if I would feel that way if I hadn't watched the show. Okay, explain more. Like with him um, in the show, in the, what is it, the first episode where he accidentally kills his wife. And they use that as a device. It's a really bad pun. <laughs> he accidentally. <laughs> he accidentally axes his Ax- wife. Uh, he axes her question. Oh, man. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so he he kills her with his axe. And then okay. and they oh, yeah. use it as this device, right? And uh, so I don't know if I would feel as much of a sense of betrayal from his tool if I hadn't seen that. Or if I would just view this as a like, whoa, like what's going on? Why would his tools do that? Yeah, well, I mean, one interesting thing about it though is his hammer isn't doing this. Yes, that is a good point. It's only the ax. Right, so he's like, and I mean, I guess we'll see it more as we move through this, but he's debating between which he he wants to be does he want to be the the guy who wields the axe or does he want to wield the hammer like what you know the hammer to him is like building and productive member of society and all this stuff and the axe is just killing and adventure and right you know which which one is more important to him right which one is more valuable and this one it's it i mean in a way this is kind of kind of them saying like hey the axe is bad it's trying to kill you like the the right. hammer is wholesome and good. It's protecting you. It's helping you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good. Um, okay, so then with Matt, Matt's basically been playing cards and dice with with this whole time, and he's playing cards right mm-hmm. currently with with you know lords and all that. Um, and he's, my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's basically planning to skip town as soon as he has enough money um and he he wants to keep them playing and you know to win more money basically um and then there is eventually i think (laughs) 
uh Ador- adorian i can't remember how they said yeah. his name he mentions I- that there's a rumor that you've spell checked me on that the dragon <laughs> is going to take Ilian, and that's when you know matt kind of like perks up and everything to their conversations and then again there's this rooster crow and all of a sudden which i'm assuming is the same one that parent heard yeah. all of a sudden these cards like uh matt's holding this card it's got the omerl and c on on it and she stabs him with like a knife or whatever it is yeah, and then, like she comes off of the card yeah, and, attacks yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. and then the cards you know kind of get larger and all of the things that are on them start stepping off of them and you know he is freaking out and everyone there is acting like nothing like nothing's going on so he just takes off with his winnings he's like see ya not playing cards with you guys ever again yeah well i mean they're pretty shaken by it i think but yeah so one thing i want to point out here too is the thing i always think of is uh i, I don't know what exactly what the parallel is but they keep hearing this crow mm-hmm. and i think i think of well and it's interesting too because we just had um well we just had easter and i know that not everyone mm-hmm. celebrates easter and stuff but one of the aspects of it is the crucifixion of christ and uh, you know, like Peter hears the cock crow three different times. Mm, interesting. And, uh, you know, like uh, he betrays, he betrays Christ, you know, with the, the uh, you know, like that's that like, the, it's this, it's a symbol of, of like betrayal or denial or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of uh, you know, discord. And I, I don't know, I, not, not that it's significant that it's currently like Easter time here. It's just, you know, I always, I always think of what, was that intentional by Robert Jordan or not? I'm, I'm not sure, but. Right. Which is yeah, interesting. If it was intentional, then what parallel, like, you know, like Rand is the dragon and, mm-hmm. you know, like his most trusted person, like in, in the Bible, it's his most trusted person is Peter. And the most, in the, in this book, his most trusted people are Matt and Perrin. Right. And they're the ones and they're it. they're kind of getting betrayed in a way right oh i didn't even think of that so I, I, it's just something i've i've thought of a couple times i i don't know we could probably dive deeper into that and see if see if robert jordan actually hit, intended it but even if he didn't i mean part of part of the interesting thing about the way text is i mean you can always you can always just run with things even if the author didn't intend it and it's it's totally valid that's what i learned in in grad school or well in grad school but also in my undergrad they're like <laughs> we used to make the argument of the author never intended that and the professor is always like so what like it's in the text like we're we're gonna make arguments based off of text text things not off of intentions of the author so right that's a good i mean fair fair good point so um yeah well, okay, so, and that's interesting because then when you're in with, with Rand's point of view, so it starts with a dream, which I know you you love, but, you know, Boswell's not in it. They're totally but... great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, no, this, this one's great, though. Right. <laughs> so this Part one, he's got, uh, he's dreaming that Moraine's, you know, taking him to the to the Omerlin Sea, and then all of a sudden he is back behind the two rivers with Min and Elaine, and they are basically like, inviting him to go swimming and strip naked in front of Heck, him yeah and then Egwene sees him and obviously is really upset by this so he is you know 
deciding to chase after Egwene when they call at him to stay. Min and Elaine call at him to stay. So now he's like frozen essentially between chasing Egwene or staying with Min and Elaine. Like what is he, he can't make up his mind, which is, you know, yeah, lovely. And then he, he realizes that like maybe his relationship with Egwene is coming to an end and, uh, and, you know, wakes up like he's like this is maybe what this means who knows but um yeah so anyway he's he's obviously in his own room and then bear lane comes in in this like white night robe thing that's you know described all scantily clad essentially Uh, and trying to (laughs) to stay with is this was just so weird and she's she just comes in and is trying to stay with him and he's like no like you should leave like it's the middle of the night and she's not leaving and right well she's trying to seduce him yeah and and totally and rand is you know being rand and awkward and then eventually he just like yells at her to well what you gonna do i mean she's just like keeps advancing like oh totally should he just like shouldn't just like punch her you know like you gotta gotta get her out of there though yeah if you don't want her attentions like that then like gtfo like get out of there right which and like he he does he does build up to that um but then this is exactly what you were saying then he hears this this rooster crow yeah, three times. Um, three times. So there's that. And then he's got these, I guess they're like mirrors because he's got his own reflections stepping out of them, coming towards yeah. him and, you know, draining his essence. So is what the the text said. Um, mm-hmm. And he basically manages to absorb them like he decides because they've they've all got a sword because he's got a sword so he makes his sword disappear and then is able to absorb each reflection well yeah he's he's it's a tactics thing of like he fights and fights and he's like i can't win like this right so he gets rid of his sword and they get rid of theirs and then he's like all right now i can win right right exactly so which i mean makes sense just super this whole thing was just such a weird interaction and then this whole time barreling's still there and he's like oh yeah don't don't uh tell anyone what happened here yeah so super just a super weird chapter overall yeah i don't like it that much but yeah yeah it's okay anyway so the next one in chapter three reflections um Parent and Fael decide they're going to go see Rand because they want to talk about the accident and, you know, confront him about it. The accident. On. The accident, if you will. Uh, and they they run into this Lord Torian who is just bickering with them. He doesn't like how parents, you know, treating Fael and looking at Fael and all this nonsense. And then Fael... Parent doesn't like the way Torian is treating her. right and then they're both looking at her casually yeah but then they both start bickering afterwards too about this whole interaction and what happened um and they see that barreline hat is there with um you know this lord torian guy who eventually like he leaves and then has words with her with 
with Berylene. Um, and Perrin is now kind of like staring. So then Fail starts bickering at him about looking at her. And it's this whole, it's just a whole mess. But Perrin's like, well, what I'm actually noticing about her is she smells like panic and fear. But all he says is, all he, yeah. all he gets out, yeah. and, and this drives me crazy when this thing kind of happens. Like, <laughs> it's it's this this stupid trope. I don't know trope. It's it's this device, literary device that authors use to to create artificial conflict. He says, you know, she smelled like, and he was gonna say like fear or whatever, and then he gets mm-hmm. interrupted, right? And and she's and Fael's like. Oh, you like the way she smells, do you? And then he doesn't correct her. Like, he right. doesn't. And she's like, I don't care if she smelled like blah, 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 blah. Like, blah, 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 blah. Just, just stupid. Right. He, he, could, he could just be like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't care. Like, she smells terrified. Like, she, he could just clear it up, but. But doesn't. That, yeah, like, that, that device drives me completely crazy, actually, yeah. of, of like, and like the author's just like all right here's how have some conflict guys uh, you didn't need to but here you here it is here you go well and then exactly and then Fael's like no nah, you can go see Perrin by yourself I'm going back to the room and just leaves all right yeah P- please just go forever yeah anyway um so Perrin you know goes to Rand's room and finds him in, in there and he's cut up and obviously very injured and screams for Moraine to come and he's trying to tend to some of the wounds but he can't heal all of them and Moraine comes in and just uh you know tending to some of the wounds and she can't heal all of them and especially there's one on his side that just will not heal and it's the same one that he's had for a while mm -hmm. it just will not will not do it and he's you know thinking this is probably going to be the wound that's gonna kill him because it won't heal Right. Well, yeah, that's, you know, his blood on Shia Ghoul, like yeah. the, the end. Yep. Um, yeah. So then, and then while, while this is going on, Perrin and Rurik are there and they're discussing, you know, similarities between the dragon and he who comes with Dawn and Rurik's basically saying that Rand still has to prove himself and right. he, he will know what to do in order to do that. And then he leaves to, to go to bed and Perrin gets the sense that you know, maybe they should leave as well. And because when the Aiel leave here, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like it's going to be safe and him and, you know, he needs to convince Fael to leave. Right. So, cool. Um, okay, chapter four, strings. So we're, now we're back with Tom. Tom is forging letters. <laughs> Tom is doing Tom things. Uh, and he's basically yeah. just, he's trying to create this, this, or help create a plot that's going to weaken some of Rand's like political enemies because now Rand yeah. is governing a nation, so to speak. Um, when Matt shows up and he notices that Matt doesn't seem like himself and Matt, he just wants to leave. He wants Tom to go uh, with them. They can make money, you know, playing dice and cards and that's how they can get by. And Tom suggests he should talk to Moraine or naive about it, which immediately angers Matt. And he's like, no, I'm going to leave right now. I'm, I'm not talking to them. And, you know, Tom convinces him to wait until the morning at the very least. But right. Well, Matt's been trying to leave, but he can't. It's like mm-hmm. he just, it, it's like Rand's Tavira nature is just holding him there. Yeah. 
And I think if I remember, Matt says something along those lines well, too. Like he's been been trying to leave and he feels like yep. he can't. Yep. And Tom, and he's like, and Tom, don't say anything about Taviran. Right. Um, you know, and Tom's like, oh, like and and like. Tom is about to say something about Taviran, mm-hmm. and then it, it says in the text, like, Tom changed what he was about to say. <laughs> like, mid, mid, yeah. through, through his sentence. D- decided not to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is that. And then in chapter five in Questioners, we are now with Egwene. We're hopping all over the place in these chapters, by the way. Um, so it's well, we're still we're still in the stone though everyone right in tear everyone is still in the same you know locale we're just hopping around points of view yeah. mm-hmm. um, so you've got Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine and Egwene's annoyed because Moraine is is delayed for whatever reason and you know they've got Amiko and and Joya captured those two yeah. black aja and they want to question them yeah um and they they note that Amiko's been stilled, but they don't really say how or why um, or who did it. Well, they they did it by accident. Did they? Yeah, like that's when they, they kind of describe it like it's oblique. But yeah, like in in book three, mm-hmm. what they do to her, like they put the shield on her but they put it on differently and it kind of like slices through the wrong place and like it doesn't uh, it doesn't just take away her ability or, or her uh, like access it just slices her ability to channel it all so she's so they did it they stilled her yep they did all right so uh, she's un- still unintentionally which mm-hmm. you know does count but it's still yeah they they did it so. mm-hmm. um but during all this joy basically trying to convince them that she's like repented and she's come back to the light and Egwene doesn't buy it for a second at all um and yeah, yeah Joy's telling them about this plan that they that the Black Aja have to rescue Maz from time the, the false dragon and they're gonna have him pose as Rand and wreak havoc in the lands so that you know the nations will come together to to destroy the dragon um, because they believe it's Rand doing it, and then the Dark One can be freed and come up, you know, and just not have a uh, chosen one to fight him if Rand's gone. Yeah. So that's a fun little plot that maybe is true, maybe is not. Yeah, this whole section. I mean, they're they're trying to interrogate these guys, but then they have their own problems internally and Degwain yeah. and Nynaeve and, you know, they're Andy Lane. They're all bickering Sorry. and they're bickering and then they're friends and then they're bickering and then they're friends and then Moraine comes mm-hmm. around and then they're bickering with her and their friends. Mm-hmm. It's all just, you know. Yep. Yay for this chapter. Yeah, well, like, so in the next one, in, in Doorways, that's when Moraine gets there. Oh, okay. and, yeah. and that's exactly it though they like bicker with her and she's like well joya and uh and emiko are gonna go to tarvalon for their trial and their execution and um mm-hmm. she's frustrated with the girls and they're frustrated with her and exactly that they're all bickering um and you know they discuss this this plan of rand invading Ilian and whether it's going to be a 
thing that happens and eventually you know moraine has to tell them she's sent word to the Amarland that about this plot that joy has talked about to free um mass from tame so yeah it's just a yeah. whole bunch of back and forth that doesn't really go anywhere ever does yeah um okay so then in playing with fire chapter seven Egwene and elaine decide they're going to go check on rand in the morning and they they immediately notice that he's, th- this chapter by the way was super funny but um Egwene notices that like rand's kind of got like this hardness in expressions and she in his expressions now and he she relates it to the aiel and to lan just how rand i guess is aging or whatever um and she says she tells him that they're there to help him with his channeling which immediately makes him suspicious because he knows that women can't teach men how to channel um so there's no way that they could actually be there for that Uh, but they do learn in this that he actually is way more powerful than um and Gwen is like oh well i'm more powerful than than moraine and i can channel air and water and earth and right. all this and you know how, when you channel like don't you feel the source and don't you do this and so she tries it and elaine tries it and they realize that he can he's able to tell when they're you know channeling um yeah how how can they tell testing he, you he gets um he gets like these goosebumps when elaine does it yeah so he can tell when they're doing it and then when he does it they they have like no access of knowing that he can't tell they can't tell at all and not only that but like he does it and he just is like moving things around in the room and creating all this chaos and like destruction in the room and is not even and this is when Egwene realizes that he's got way more power than them because he's not even tired about it right well this this is a nice little way of of demonstrating like without without like because we don't know the the relative power levels it's like okay he he Mm -hmm. can go toe-to-toe with some random weirdo who keeps (laughs) his dreams yeah you know And, and then he can he can win a sword fight with another forsaken and stuff and and then question his his sword master abilities or blade master abilities so stupid but um anyways he uh, yeah he he's just uh, i don't know it's um yeah, he, he's questioning he questions that but uh, anyways we don't know how powerful rand is or how he could be right. like his relative strength and so it's nice to kind of show like he's immensely powerful Right. And I, Egwene th- thought that they'd be comparable and she's disabused of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just like, wow, I'm nothing compared to him. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but then also in this chapter, and this is why I was laughing about it, she tells Rand that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to marry him. They're not going to go through with this. And I laughed because Rand's immediate reaction is, oh yeah, well, of course you don't want to marry me. I'm the dragon reborn. And right. Nobody would want to be tied to that and all of this and Egwene's like no 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 like I just don't love you like, yeah she she was like no you stupid idiot like yeah I was no, like I don't. Yeah. And, and then she's like oh I'm so happy he's taking it so well and you're like I don't know she's so egotistical about yeah it. it's, and condescending it's 
yeah yeah going. so anyway and then and and then in the next chapter in hard heads elaine decides well she's gonna tell Rand that she's fond of him and he's gonna tell her that he's fond of her it's just so awkward it's the weirdest little interaction i was like this is just painful oh yeah it is it's great uh, so unbelievably awkward and then yeah so whatever they've discussed this mildly briefly and have this kiss and whatever um well yeah she, she she like she she like peer pressures him into kiss yeah the, she's like uh, maybe you don't know how and he's like yeah i do do too know how and kisses <laughs> her it maybe doesn't sound exactly like that but it's it's it is similar awkward, though it's yeah. so awkward and yeah anyway so she leaves because these high lords are coming to meet with him in his room um and she's you know thinking she's got four days to question joya and miko and but she also has four days to make sure that rand is hers and doesn't succumb to like barrel lane's you know seduction tactics or whatever you want to call it um yeah so then rand we switched to his point of view he's confused about his feelings for elaine because he also likes men and you know can't make up his mind uh, but he does order the lords when they he visit needs, him he needs what? to go he needs to go uh take sanctuary in the tower <laughs> he's not allowed there's too many suitors oh that's right <laughs> too many suitors oh man but uh yeah so he orders the lords to lower the taxes in the land and they complain that the, you know they're already pretty low and whatnot and mm -hmm. they they kind of keep disagreeing with rand and what he's asking eventually his temper kind of flares and they start to bend to what he is asking them to do mm -hmm. um Okay, yeah, and then we go to Egwene, and she is walking through the halls, and Matt appears, and she's and he is appearing troubled as well, and so she he's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a little bit, and and whatnot, and he's like, well, I've been here, I've been around, I've been playing cards mostly, and by the way, don't you remember the last time you saw me? You strung me up with the power, and then stole from me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you th yeah, they did. Oh well, uh, this was a different time too. This is uh, this is like a time they're referencing, like the after after the events of of book three. Then mm -hmm. in between three and four, they go to his room and yeah, but like they steal from him. They mm -hmm. like they don't treat him kindly. They're no, I can't I can't blame him for having this reaction. No. personally. So, but anyway, Matt ends up telling her that he needs advice on what to do next and he's refusing to go to moraine because that's what Egwene suggests and then she tells him about this twisted door frame which is the the tara angriol and makes him promise um you know you get answers if you go through it on the other side and he's promises he won't go into it unless his life absolutely depends on it or something along those lines yeah so interesting i'm sure that will go over well oh yeah it'll totally work out mm -hmm. yeah he's gonna hold that promise for sure for yeah. sure um okay so chapter nine decisions so matt's basically 
been trying for three days trying to get people to play dice or cards or anything but everyone is avoiding him and the maids in in the town are saying basically it's just not safe to be alone with him and tom's essentially disappeared on him and parents off dealing with parent problems and you know he basically feels like he's out on his own except moraine is always where he is so that's interesting yeah he hates that yeah he loves loves hates that um and then loves hates loves hates um and Perrin this whole time is he keeps seeing Matt as well from his point of view but isn't interacting with him because this entire time he's trying to find proof or something that he can use to convince Fael to leave Tyr and leave him and the danger of him because he's convinced that uh he's gonna get her killed essentially so he's just trying to get rid of her um And then Egwene and Nynaeve are continuing to interrogate Joya and Amiko for whatever reason, which they're not making any headway on whether or not this plot with Nazrim team is true. And Elaine is spending time with Rand and giving him advice on how to govern a nation when he asks for it. And then- Which um, is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I thought so too, because she's got that information or that knowledge. Yeah. So- um yeah and then rand you know he keeps meeting with these high lords and he's essentially keeping them busy so that they don't make a plan to kill him <laughs> um and then he's having all these thoughts about you know he's noticing the markings on his hands and remembering the prophecy and all this kind of stuff and then celine shows up and interrupts his train of oh, thought hello yeah. there celine right uh, so- hello there <laughs> So she admits to being land fear and she's one of the chosen. They have this whole conversation. Um, and, and she essentially, I think, so I think if I correct me if I'm wrong, but in order for her to prove to him that she's one of the chosen, she basically shields him and it prevents him from accessing the, the source. Like he can't use his. Right. Power. Yeah. She slaps the shield over him. Yep. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so then she's assist- insisting that, like, he is hers to have, and the others uh, fear him and, and where he'll, you know, fall on the power scale, so to speak. And they're having this whole conversation. And while they are, he notices this man kind of slip in with a knife. So this gray man, and he instinctively pushes her out of the way to kill this gray, gray man. Well. And then. It's super Sorry. creepy the way the gray man, like, he, he's like looking at all these different things across the room. You know, he's like, okay, mm-hmm. the thing on the fireplace, the thing on the bed, or whatever. And then the man sneaking up with a knife, mm-hmm. all right, the bookcase with the thing, you know, like, it, it's mm-hmm. just like the, the gray man is just part of the, it's part of the, like the background. Yeah, the furniture kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually he's like, wait, there's a guy with the, what? Yeah what the what <laughs> but uh he he kills them and then kind of like leaves land fear behind there and just continues to step outside and chapter ends into chapter 10 yeah um, and he it, yeah he opens the door to a site of madness yeah, or something like that like chaos yeah. um so in chapter 10 the stone the stone stands so he heads outside and he just sees like a pile of dead gray men and Aiel on the ground 
um, and there's shadow spawn attacking and there's Murdral and all this. And yeah. he just, you know, is moving deeper and deeper into the stone. And while he does that, he sees Moraine land fighting and he sees parent Fail fighting. Um, and then he notices that the dark friends seem to be kind of like scared of the Trollocs uh, and then sees Trollocs killing Trollocs and just all this weird. Well, stuff. <laughs> I mean, just because Trollocs get into this blood rage and yeah, right. yeah, he just sees he sees all the all of that chaos, yeah. Um, well, so he ends up fighting some tro. I think it's like a trio of Trollocs, um, and they're also fighting each other, and then, yeah. um, while this is happening, afterwards he sees two like a pair of Murdral fighting each other, like down the hall, kind of thing. Um, so it's all everyone's just fighting each other it's very very weird and just chaos like it's chaotic the yeah. whole thing. everybody was kung fu fighting yeah <laughs> um but then lanfear shows Wait. up again and it's basically like berating him for the risks he's taken and the decisions he's made um well and rightly so she's like this could be a distraction like one of the other forsaken is clearly behind this there mm-hmm. they they could be stealing calendar right now right yeah and they're like you know she's throwing him around with air or he throws her around with air like they just are tossing each other around and she's like you can face me or you can retrieve calendar like yep. you've got couple of options here and he chooses to retrieve calendar so he runs back to his room to to go get the sword um which he does and then he ends up channeling lightning and has it you know kind of crash down through all of the all of the shadow spawn to to kill them um and that's when moraine comes back after everyone's kind of you know the chaos is sort of stopped um and she stops, I think it's Lan that's going to check on Rand to see how Rand is. And she kind of stops him before getting too close and asks him if he is okay. And then I thought this was really interesting. They have this whole conversation because he sees this girl on the, on the floor, on the ground, who's, you know, she's got blood on her dress and is obviously dying. And they have this whole conversation about Moraine and Rand about how you know, Rand wants Moraine to heal her and help her because he can't heal her. He doesn't know how to do it. And Moraine's like, she's past being helped. Like you, you can't do this. And it was so well said that she just is like, you're not the creator. Like you can't fix this. Mm. It's just, that's it. Um, anyway, I just really enjoyed that. Like she had to really drive that point home for him. Like you can have all of this power, but you can't do as you want and do, you know, you can't fix this scenario. So, um, yeah. Thoughts? Oh, you're right. Um, I, I always, this part always creeps me out because it's like he channels through Kalendor and <laughs> because he has so much of the power in him, Mm-hmm. He so so first off it, it kind of alludes to like he, he creates his own he creates all these weaves that he doesn't know how to do because he's got so much power he just he's just able to to do it yeah like he's able to innovate and mm-hmm. and figure it out which is kind of a theme throughout the the rest of the series but then he also 
uh, like it, it, he almost becomes a different person. In right. Way, like, and I think that's why she stops Lan from going up to him right away. Like, I think she sees that in him, that he's not quite himself. Well, yeah, it's just creepy though. And, Super. you know, he's, and he's trying to, you know, bring the little girl back to life. And it's a good thing to show also, like, Mm-hmm. there's no way they can <clears throat> you can't really revive people when someone's dead then they're dead right right and yeah exactly it's a good thing to to highlight that and to, and to show that not even rand can do it yeah. like so one thing that you didn't cover in any of the discussion here that he had with mm-hmm. Lanfear was she's trying to get one of the forsaken to teach him oh yes that's right i forgot that so well it, it's just an important thing to note in mm-hmm. the future like you know his ignorance and you know is he going to be able to find can he find someone who can teach him because mm-hmm. you know the girls tried to show him or work with him they knew that he they couldn't really but like mm-hmm. yeah there's there's just issues i, I don't know um mm-hmm. just an interesting thing for the uh, like he he doesn't know how to channel really he doesn't know what he's doing and right. he's, he make, just, he's making huge naive mistakes, like just leaving Kalendor unguarded. And, well, know, he, needs, he needs someone to help him. And, and that's another thing that she says to him when they're like, you know, tossing each other around and all this chaos. She's like, now that Kalendor is free, any, any male channeler can use it. Like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't specific, just because you freed it doesn't mean it only answers to you kind of thing. Like, anyone can oh. grab it. Well, and that's what Samuel, or what was it? Not Samuel, um, mm-hmm. Bilal in the last book. That was that was his whole thing. He's like, take Kalendor, take Kalendor, because then he could take Kalendor from Rand once Rand had like unlocked it, kind of. Right, right, exactly. So, so it's a good point because he's just making all of these mistakes. All of them. All of them. Dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he ends up, asking just to make sure everyone's good and and lan kind of explains how the trollocs entered and then he kind of just collapses out of exhaustion i guess um so yeah Yeah. moraine kind of she partially heals him and makes sure that he is tired enough that he can sleep yeah 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 yep so who's the most annoying character Oh, honestly, Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine really annoyed me. Yep. They, I don't know what it was. I was just like, you guys are doing nothing. Like you're, okay, actually that's a lie. I do know what it was. I felt like they were acting higher up and with more power than I thought they should have and more authority than I thought they should have been. Yeah. Like, like I was like, who are like, why are you acting this way? Like, you're acting like you have the authority to make all these decisions and know what you're doing. And I was like, you guys just don't know anything. Yeah. Oh, that that's always driven me so crazy when someone who doesn't know anything mm-hmm. acts like they know everything, and it's right. just like they're trying to lord it over you, and you're like. You realize that what you're doing is isn't fooling a single person. Like you're you're just being a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no there's no other truth to what's going on other than 
you're just acting a fool. And that they're kind of, I mean, they're given a certain level of authority just because they tell everyone that they're eyes to die. Right. But then they give eyes to die a pretty bad name, really. I mean, they can't keep their faces straight. Like Nynaeve's like, I'm eyes to die, yanking her braid out of anger. Uh, just stealing from Matt and curse like yeah that and, really annoyed me yeah and uh you know they still haven't like said thank you to him for saving them or anything and it, it's mm-hmm. like this they're just doing whatever they want and, and Egwene's like oh he's such a child such as immature stupid brat like I hate Matt basically like right. uh, you know she doesn't she doesn't actually it seems like maybe she cares about him a little bit, but she's she's so full of her own like superiority to him, kind yeah. of that it, like it just drowns out everything else. It doesn't seem like she's really she kind of helps him, like she tells him about the Tarangrial or whatever. But she's you know it's like oh okay, well fine, right? maybe I could find something that could help you, but it doesn't. Yeah, no, nothing that they do seems genuine, and it you know. They pinch Rand, uh, yeah. you know, like they just treat Rand like he's nothing. And, you know, so, or, or like he pinches them lightly and then they just like, I don't pinch. know. Well, yeah, they pinch him enough that he needs to be healed. Yeah, like a, a super overreaction. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. just does it, he just does it like as a joke to them kind of. And they're like, the gall of him. Like, oh, I, I deserve to be treated. And, and I, I'm like, okay, everyone should be treated on a, a certain level of dignity or whatever. But uh, I mean, this is a, ridiculous. A, their level of self-importance is ridiculous. The other one I would say for the Mac would be uh, Fael. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. She was annoying. She, she just really irks me in this one because mm-hmm. because of reasons and good but, good reasons um yeah not to give spoilers or anything but that that may continue um mm. in, into the next section too we'll see lovely well i didn't think she would get over it that quickly oh yeah she does she's anyways um yeah. all right so most sus character um out of these chapters, I would say Elida. Okay. I think that that's, that, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Lanfear, I'm like, ah, the more that she shows up, the more I'm like, what? I'm more intrigued by what she has to say. So I, I don't know if I would call her sus. Oh, she's already forsaken. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's explicit that she's sus. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still intrigued by what she has to say. Elida, I'm like, what are you up to? Yeah, no, Lanfear, it's like, are, is there a possibility that you're good, Lanfear? Yeah. I'm like, well, why are you so focused on Luz there and being yours? So, anyway. Um, yeah, I definitely would say Elida. Okay. Elida, yeah. Elida, it shall be. <laughs> All right. Um, so the next week we'll do another another ten. All right, another ten. I think that there's like sixty something, right? I think so. I didn't even look to be honest with you. I guess I should have. I'm looking now. Let me. Oh, hold on. This is the wrong book. Oh, according to the date, the author. Oh, you guys could hear just a little glimmer. <laughs> um, oh, there's fifty eight. All right. In this book, so. 
All right. Yeah, that'll take us six weeks to get through. That'll, yeah. that'll be good. Yeah. All right. So we'll do chapters 11 to 20 next week. Very good. Cool. Any other final thoughts? Um, this book is the slowest start ever. Like we're hours in and they're still in tear. Yeah. I will say it was like the first few chapters. I was like, man, these are, these are taking a while to get going. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, we're going somewhere. No, right after this, it starts really moving. And it, it, that's when it, it's just like, you're not going to want to stop. All right. I like that. Perfect. All right. So yeah, I guess we'll be back next week. I suppose. Right. All right. Well, Thank you, everybody, for listening. May you always find water and shade.